And we are live for one of the most hyped episodes in a while of First Strike before we start the show. Plug our sponsor, facefacegames.com, the number one place to get your Magic the Gathering singles. This week's special, up to 50% off all standard cards, the latest, as long as it's the latest printing. So Scape Ship, the M19 version, but up to 50% off all standard sales. So with all the standard hype, with all these new decks, all these recent tournaments, if you've been wanting to check out or play some of these tournaments uh, and try some of these new decks, definitely go to facefacegames.com today. <laughs> Why is today's uh, podcast so hype? Man, we got we got a podcast of champions today. Champions, top eight, lots of uh, awesome performances, some feel-good performances. We got Andy, we got John, Elliot, as usual. We got all-time First Strike A-Team, any KYT podcast Leaderboard champion Gene Serrano in the house, and we've got an old fan favorite, Misplaced Ginger, back on the show. Definitely super excited. And people said they had to make sure that the Arena Super Cup champion was also present for this. So here I am. And let's start things off with, with, with you, Andy. Andy, last week you're, we, we had, or one of the most recent episodes, I tried to pick your brain and, and I believe John on what a local esports gaming cafe could do to get more people to maybe start an MTG arena in-house tournament. And then with Shaheen's episode, we, we lamented, we, we were sad about all the new changes. And you said that you don't even check the modal schedule anymore. So what the hell, how did you end up playing an MTGO qualifier? Uh, it is pretty, a pretty funny story. It's uh, the story of how I, even knew the PTQ was happening was based on of how terrible Moto's interface is. I was just like bored at night and I was like, you know what? I'll log in. I'll play a league of this band scapeshift deck. I know nothing about, but everyone's hyping it. And I go click, I click join and I'm sitting there and it's like, what? This event doesn't start for 13 hours. And I realized that I've accidentally joined the PTQ. And I was like, Oh, there's a PTQ on Sunday. And uh, I don't ever work Sunday. And I don't get to play these very often. I guess I'll, I'll play. And that's how I even found out the PTQ exists because I ac accidentally joined. <laughs> okay, you accidentally joined. What, what was your head at in terms of standard uh, before accidentally signing up? Uh, standard was moving really fast as it does in the first few weeks. It's like, I remember Team Real Elementals looked like it was like an unstoppable, really good deck. And it's just a it seems to be almost not playable anymore. And uh, it happened so fast. And then I saw Andre tweet this band scapeshift deck. And I was thinking to myself, what I was missing when I was playing the decks is like that you don't ever just like naturally do some damage or like naturally get lands or uh, the zombies like you would with the scapeshift decks in standard. But then this version didn't play four breeding pool or like four temple garden or four of the lands that you think you would just snap play four of. It's like not intuitive to not play four of of your best land to facilitate this uh, field of the dead, I think it's called. And then I, I was like, whatever, I'll try it in the league. And I, I four won the league only lose it, not five owing because I made a pretty big mistake against red. I got greedy. I was like, ah, oh, they can't kill me from 15. And they did. And then I was like, you know what? I'll play this in the PTQ tomorrow. And I changed my changed the sideboard that was posted because I didn't like it and didn't agree with some of it and decided to play some Baffling Ends instead because I was like, oh, Baffling Ends really good against uh, Mono Blue. 
It's good against Vampires. It's good against Mono Red. And it's good against Feather. I was like, this card seems great right now. So I jammed three of those in my sideboard and uh, called it a day. I uh, just like went to bed and then woke up the next day and started battling at noon or whatever it started. With uh, LSV also winning GP Denver with essentially the same deck. I mean, what's your what's your opinion of the deck? I mean, I thought I thought Arboreal Grazer was was pretty playable before all this bro even more broken stuff because now it's like you're playing a green deck that doesn't even need to play Nissa. Like, how crazy is that? That yeah, that that is kind of wild. Uh, so. When I was playing the uh, tournament, I was like, oh, this deck's probably just pretty good and not on a lot of people's radar. And then so round one, I think I played against Vampires, and I beat it up pretty good. And then round two, I played Demir. I was like, oh, wow, this deck's pretty hyped. It not makes sense to play Demir. Round three, I played Demir. I was like, okay, okay. Round four, I played Demir. And I was like, I think this is the best deck, and everyone knows about it exactly right now. And... Uh, it was at that moment where I start like looking at the GP results. I'm like, oh my god, all the players on the top are scapeshift players, and I start going, I have zero cards for the mirror, <laughs> not a single card. I didn't even think that this would be uh, a thing like that big of a thing, and I started worrying. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna play the mirror a bunch. I'm gonna eventually start losing to it because I don't have any deputies or no way to go over the top in the mirror. I'm just going to have to hope to just draw faster or better in the mirror and maybe like understand when you should scapeshift in the mirror better. And uh, it ended up working out for most of it. And then I lost two rounds in the Swiss to the mirror after I think I played it. In, I think I played it five times in the Swiss, the, the mirror. And then I uh, lost to it twice. And I was like, Oh God, this is how it's, how it's going to go. And I was six and two. And I uh, was supposed to go to my fiance's family's house. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to be heading over there because uh, I think by the math, there was one X2 that made it. And I was 5-0, but then 5-1. And I thought, mm, it's not going to be me. <laughs> and then I like start making plans. And I look, and I finished exactly eighth. I was like, oh, my God. Well, I guess, I, <laughs> I guess I'm going to play it. So I messaged the group chat. I'm like, I snuck in. I guess uh, time to play the top eight of PTQ. And then... There, I, I played against, I think, yeah, Vampires the first round. My Baffling Ends paid me off big time. And the second round, I played against Mono Red, Baffling End, big time payday. And then in the finals, I played the Mirror. And I was like, well, shit. Here it goes. Uh, I have zero cards for the Mirror. Let's just hope I draw better. And boy, did I ever. <laughs> in, in game one, uh, they drew a duplicate of a land in the early turns, which is actually like a huge deal. It means like you don't just like naturally hit your land seven and make a zombie. So they didn't. And then on like turn eight, I just scape shifted because uh, they were missed. They missed a land drop and then I just killed them. And then the next game, they missed the color for a few turns and uh, I got to win and they were a huge dick about it. They were, uh, they're Mateo More. So if you're listening to this podcast, you suck and uh, you should uh, get some manners. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll win a PTQ. <laughs> Uh, man, there's some. It, it mirrors sort of like your your messages in our, our private chat mirrors some of LSV's tweets who didn't know like he squeaked by an eighth, and then you felt like your matchup in the finals was horrible. He thought it was unwinnable. He thought he was going up against Nexus and losing. Then like next tweet, oh, I won. I'm the new champion. Um, is Nexus uh, 
an actually bad matchup, Andy, or is it winnable? Oh, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> you don't have, like, anything to really fight it. You just kind of got to hope, like, you have an aggressive draw, which you don't, you're not really that fast. Like, you kill on turn six all the time, so the hope is, like, you can, like, kill on turn six and uh, have a Teferi, and that'll be enough. Like, Teferi does stop them from fogging you, too, so, like, that is usually uh, good enough to win the game. So that's kind of the hope for game one, at least. Game two, you, like, get some uh, Ixalan's bindings and Dovin's vetoes and stuff and actually can, like, fight back a little bit. But game one is very polarizing. Right. Now we'll, we'll, we'll go on to get to get our next champion to chime in a bit, SCG Philly, team champ Shaheen Surani. Did you have any input on your team's standard deck? As we're Let's just finish up on our focus on standard. Um, no. <laughs> I'm just I, I didn't think so. But. <laughs> it's really the truth, though, because every time I looked over to see his hand, he'd like, should I ship this? And he showed me like some M20 dinosaurs. I don't even know what any of them do. I, I didn't even read them. Like I, I told him, I whispered back, I'm like, I don't know what your cards do, <laughs> nor do I care. <laughs> and like the two drop, I still don't know what it does. I know what the seven six does for three, the black one. I don't know what the 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 encounterable one that does something, some words on it too, whatever. I, I don't know what these cars do, but I did know, I did notice that um he was killing on turn four and five way too much. Like at least making the game unwinnable on four, maybe not killing on four, but you know, putting enough power that an average deck just couldn't do anything. I, I don't know if you guys saw the camera match against uh Bant Scapeshift where he killed he put twenty two power on the uh battlefield on turn four and killed him, our opponent. On uh, turn three he had he went he had the two drop on two that makes him cheaper. Three man on three he played another one of those, the the new one, and then two seven sixes, and then on turn four played a hasted one and did twenty two damage. It was pretty ridiculous. Um, so I mean, like in standard, you're not supposed to do things like that. So he's doing a he's playing a deck that's doing things that I haven't seen done in standard in a long time. Um, basically, a bunch of creatures with no ETB abilities besides getting bigger and haste and stuff like that, that just ravage an opponent. So um, I don't know if that's the best deck. He seemed to be unable to lose day one. Um, he carried him and Pete carried me day one. Um, and then I carried the team day two, which felt pretty good. But uh, yeah, his, that, that deck was scary, man. I don't want to, I'm not looking forward to trying to beat that after this uh, mythic championship playing standard. Okay, Andy, have you taken a look at Jun Dinosaurs by Cory Bollmeister, and what do you think of its uh, chances? That, that deck's very good and uh, incredibly fast. All its creatures are really big. It's, like, potentially vulnerable to, like, some spot removal, and sometimes I think it actually has some mana issues with all, all the green requirements and, like, the red 2-drop and then black cards as well. But uh, I think it's a really good deck and has some of the best nut draws in standard, like, that beat any deck. So moving forward, someone should play your deck, Bandscape Shift or Gen Dinosaurs, or I would certainly play Bandscape Shift. It was it was half of the GP top eight, half of the top sixteen, half of the PTQ top eight, and over half of the PTQ top sixteen, if I recall, which is like one of the best breakout performances I've seen for for a deck in standard almost ever. Like it went from like a week ago, there was like a standard open and nobody played it, and then then. <laughs> Two weeks later, it's like dominating as if it's like been the best deck for a long time. 
Yeah, he went four two against it, but like the players were, some of the, de- the decks weren't optimized, and um, like uh, a, a lot of the players left themselves vulnerable to that whatever the di- the pyroclasm is. That, and then he just did that to win one sideboarded game every time, and it was pretty. I feel like those are so gimmicky from the dinosaur deck that you can probably easily maneuver around it. Yeah, like uh, Scape Ship's definitely going to have to change because it was like week one is like nobody was prepared. Uh, Corey actually was ahead of the game with the the pyro the Clasm thing, whatever it is. He was ahead of the game with that because most uh, dinosaur decks I didn't see really play that many of those. And that's like a very good answer to the Scape Shift deck. So going forward, there's definitely going to have to be some changes in the deck just to kind of like be able to fight through hate now that hate exists. I think it does have the the capacity to do that, but it, now it has to. So it's going to get a little worse probably, but I still think it's one of the best decks. Probably the best deck in my opinion. Um, Elliot or Derek have any quick hits on, on standard or we're good? Elliot? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting how the Scapeshift deck evolves. I've already seen people playing Saltai um, because you get additional removal spells like the, the black card that's like the new bile blight that kills everything so that's really good in the mirror because it just cleans up all their zombies and um also makes it easier to cast ashiok which is sort of a mirror breaker it's really hard for them to answer that card so i think it's gonna be really interesting how it goes forward but at the same time you know standard only matters for arena right now it's the modern mcq season so do i really care probably not <laughs> yeah, I feel like Watsi must have known the scape shift and field of the dead interaction was busted if it's only allowed to happen for like two or three months, because uh, it'll be gone pretty fast. Same with the dinosaurs, right? I think they lose a bunch of the really good dinosaurs, which I think is like kind of it's on purpose. And I think it's pretty cool to have like the final pieces finally come later. Alrighty, let's. Uh... Let's jump into some modern goodness with uh, MC Barcelona, some of my friends heading there, uh, including Alex, who left on Sunday, um, Shaheen, who was our, our episode, who, you know, made it no secret, blue-white is his deck, and then was able to bring it, carry his team on day two of the SCG Philly uh, with a very, of course, interesting-looking list with two copies uh of Jace, Narset, Teferi Hero of Dominaria, to Teferi Time Raveler. Man, I, how did you get to this list, Mr. Mad Scientist? <laughs> um, it's close to the Doom Switch list off um, MTGO and the same one that won the Grand Prix. I changed a few things that were bothering me. Um, like, uh, I mean, I, I can go through each change. It might take a bit. But the, the big premise was you um you just need a, a diverse split in planeswalkers i, I found like three narsa was too many um he really convinced me on the four snapcaster that kind of that started to become popular recently um i i've been stubborn on that and a lot of people have been you saw two or three in every list and then eventually people got on board to the three and now four is just the obvious number you just it's just such a good card like it's it's been even better as just ambush viper these days against some decks being able to attack down planeswalkers and being able to like uh, just, you know, protect your Planeswalker. You're going to play the next turn by trading with a creature. So I've been flashing those in in turn two more than I ever have been. It's been um, it's been pretty interesting, pretty good. Um, beside that, I, I kind of cut a lot of the graveyard hate. Game one, the two surgical was kind of like a, a pipe dream that people still held on to. You still lose when you draw both and snaps against Dredge and other decks. So uh, I, leave, I left the one, and I, and I hate it, and I, I just... 
I'm still going to leave it in for the MC because I, I feel, you know, it, I guess the, the chance of having it against Phoenix is enough incentive. Tron, but Tron is on the decline. Um, Eldrazi Tron's on the rise, and it's not very good against Eldrazi Tron. But um, I, I feel like I've streamlined the deck a lot more. I've made it a lot more consistent. Um, I The counter package is great. Spell Snare is the, like the breakout card for this deck. I, I have two copies of that. Um, it answers pretty much every back-breaking, threatening card from other decks, including Chalice for one on the draw, which is huge, um, as well as just like, I mean, I, that it, it hits like everything. And there's very few matchups that I boarded out against um, besides, you know, uh, like Tron or um, Amulet Titan. So in the main deck, um, I really, really like just having two of each Planeswalker like Teferi in those because of how grindy modern is. People think that a deck like um, the deck we talked about last time with Brain Delight, or which is a busted deck, let's say it is, even the busted decks like Amulet Titan when it was popular was 8% of the field. When Tron is the busted deck, it's 11% of the field. When uh, Dredge is a busted deck, it's 12% of the field. So modern is not like standard, it's not like legacy. When decks are busted and you know overpowered, it's still such a small percentage of the field and you're going to play it once or two times per tournament. Um, like I said, the last MC I played against 12 or excuse me, 10 unique decks. Um, even the three control mirrors were different. It was blue, white, Esper, Jeskai. So even, even in the same archetype, you're going to play uh, unique different decks. So I, I, I kind of warn my team and just warn listeners when you're planning a modern tournament, don't get swept away in the general. Like this is kind of like the accepted thing that magic players like to do. Like, oh, you have to beat this deck. This deck's ridiculous. Um, this deck can't be that deck. That's just not how modern has ever worked until, you know, except for brief spurts of like a 20% Phoenix or uh, Eldrazi winner. Like just huge, like, you know, swaths of broken phases, but it just doesn't work like that. So my deck is streamlined to have game against the field, the spread. That's why I have more verdicts in my main deck than others because I still want to kill creature decks and have a shot against them. So, um, that's the main deck. And then the sideboard, uh, Guys of St. Trapped is great, and people just haven't played it. And um, this is better than Mentor most of the time. I boarded in against everything. My teammates, like, screeched every time they saw me bring it in. I brought it in against Mono Red. They're like, what are you doing? I bring it in against Phoenix. I bring it in against so many decks. And then I, like, joke around against Eldrazi Tron, and they're like, Pete's like, don't do not do it. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a handful I won't. But like it's it's such a it's a card like and I can I can defend each one I'll, I'll I can talk for like another hour on it but I'll do a little sixty second blurb here we know we know so, you know <laughs> but like guys like against mono red they 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 torch their life total and you can't just play draw go with that deck so like it's just a, such a great you go counter interact geist is just better than you know half the cards in your deck that you're boarding out against phoenix same deal they have such backbreaking late game cards that you have to like close games out and they they don't have um the same explosive draws at their board they go pretty uh entrenched in the ground enchantment based win conditions and guys really destroys them they're sitting there with a dispel and a uh, spell pierce which happened um you know this weekend so um that's the deck i and like i said day two i i didn't drop a game in the top eight with it i felt like i couldn't lose all day day two and but day one i was just getting mopped it was so bad and that's blue white <laughs> so. well one quick question shaheen uh 
it, it's often thought that people usually, I, I think there's like the classic general advice that, that people hear. I just want to know uh, your take on how true that is. Like when people say that you should play control when uh, you have most of the metagame figured out so that you, you know what those like one or two slots are, whatever those flex slots. Um, but you're also mentioning you're playing this deck in a field that you expect to be pretty flat in terms of distribution. So what do you say to that comment? Is that actually true then? Or does it not apply here? No, it's absolutely true. And it's partially because I'm stubborn. Um, but the yeah. other part is that luckily there's some decks that are in that diverse field that have been eliminated. Like burn is just not around anymore. I just don't play against it. And that deck usually destroys me. Uh, the aggro decks have been kind of like centered around a Hogak kind of explosive graveyard based one, which you have rest in peace for, or humans. And there really isn't a lot of room in between. I don't see a lot of infect, which is a tough matchup. I don't see a lot of um, uh, other various aggro decks. I mean, you, know, you can just go throughout his affinity, things like that. Uh, even the affinity with uh, hardened scales, I don't see that anymore. So those decks that kind of, even though there's a bunch of decks in the format, um, is diverse still. The tough matchups have seemed to have gone away for blue-white, which kind of given us an opening. Uh, blue-white is fantastic against Phoenix, all variants. It's uh, fantastic against Eldrazi Tron, which is very popular right now. Um, when blue-white is good when your opponent plays a third Tron piece, and then they play, you know, two Mattery Shapers instead of a Karn. So you can beat those decks pretty easily. Um, so that's that's the reason why. But you're right. No, the, the the common rule is when modern is diverse, when you have four different aggro decks that require four different sideboard slots, it ain't good. But right now, I think it might be uh, the spread of the sideboard is exactly enough cards for to cover like the tough matchups. Just enough. You're telling me just enough. All right. Let's let's look at Derek to jump in here. But first, let's let's update some of your facts. People, I don't know. You, I didn't tell you this, but people were direct messaging me. It's like, yo. What's up with Ginger? Is he okay? I mean, I had multiple messages. I'm being honest. And I'm like, he's just taking a break. And then he's like, okay, just wanted to make sure. Bye. Okay. So, Derek, what's up? How are you doing? Um, yeah, update us. I didn't even know you had a, you know, I, I don't know if it's a big secret now because at one point you were tweeting more from your second account than your original. But I didn't know it was a second account and I actually thought someone made it. So I thought it was a troll and felt like a complete asshole when I'm, I, I made a joke about it. No, no, every everything's good. Um, I made the second account, so it's it's kind of weird. I have this uh, this weird obsession with like people and how you are viewed in the public eye, who who you are, and how you recognize yourself and how other people recognize you. So being somebody who is streaming and putting yourself like myself into the public. I think like you have to keep some sort of uh, personality about you. And so uh, I'm a significantly different person person than I am on the cast, than I am on Twitter, than I am wherever, right? So I wanted to like keep sort of like those personas separate. And that's why I have the second Twitter where I'm a bit more, uh, I guess, free, freely spoken instead of like, I don't censor myself as much. I say more random stuff that doesn't really pertain to anything and I straight up tell people like just this is nonsense don't listen to it um I took a break so I was pretty burnt out it's uh it's it's not something I'm going to go too much into detail about but when you when you do stuff for 
10 hours a day uh, for a very long time, you sort of like, I put myself in a hole and I sort of put a lot of stress on myself to put up certain results and be something that I wasn't really achieving. I wasn't hitting goals. I queued for the mocks, but after that, it was just like this giant, like I have to do something better. I have to do something else. Something else has to happen. And it wasn't. And uh, it just like wasn't working out basically at the end of it all. Um, I had to take a step back. I don't think uh, I was in like a healthy place mentally to keep playing. Uh, I need to like reevaluate. And I think a lot of people do that specifically with magic. Um, personally, I'm glad I, it was magic and not like drugs or alcohol or something. Um, and I'm happy that I have like a good community around me where when I said something, people were willing to uh, reach out and say something back to me. And that was very, very helpful. So currently, uh, I actually work at a local card shop. Um, still playing Magic occasionally, like I was in a standard match when we started the cast, um, which I'm currently 4-0 in. And if I win this one, I'll have four trophies on Moto. So look out, Tangrams. Uh, I, I know. I know. I think he was on the cast a couple couple days ago, um, weeks ago. I came tenth in the standard mocks last weekend. I six twoed with Phoenix the next day. So I'm still very much in and playing competitively. I'm just not trying to achieve the same goals or be in the same position I was before. Um, I don't know if I will be. I don't know what the future is. I think a lot of people don't know what the future is, specifically with the magic changes and like competitive play. And we live in Canada, so we can't just like transition to Star City games as easily like some of our Canadian brethren have. Um, so. I, I'm like, I'm going to be involved in magic. I work at a card store now, but can't say really what that extent is. I mean, um, Harry T and Chimera Gaming, they, they're not shy about, even during your break, when you were playing some of their local tournaments to, to feature you a whole bunch or to have you jump in the booth. So it's pretty sweet. And I mean, this past weekend, you top eight at a Chimera Gaming 3K that Danielle Fournier um, which a commentator says is the best guest we've ever had. Um, he ended up taking the whole thing. But uh, what, what did you play, and what do you think of uh, where's your head at for modern right now, and should Shaheen be playing blue-white? Go. Uh, I think Shaheen should be playing blue-white. I think if Shaheen's not playing blue-white, then Shaheen, Shaheen is making a mistake. Um, and uh, I just believe that because I think modern is so – weird and wild that you just have to play what you're comfortable with. Um, I've talked to some of the other face guys, like I spoke to Morgan a bit today. Um, I know what he's playing and he seems very uncomfortable with his decision. And I think that is like, I think if Morgan was playing a worse deck than he's playing now, but was more comfortable with it, he would get a better result than I think Shaheen will because Shaheen's extremely comfortable with his deck. And I actually think Blue White's very, well positioned right now, and I hate to say that because I hate control decks. I like Shane. Didn't you did do well at the last PT? Also, didn't you cash? Yeah, I went seven three in modern, and uh, you know, only lost to the control mirror twice, and then one amulet deck. So yeah, pretty well. Yeah. So like, I I don't know, Shaheen, If you're not playing control, like maybe pick up a different hobby or something. <laughs> I don't. Know. I mean, I played Phoenix one time and did okay, but I 
Grand Prix's <laughs> are like super opens now. Like yeah. they're they're le they're less than opens now. Actually, they're declining. So I that individual top eight, I, I don't even put a lot of onus on it. And it wasn't. I mean, GPs are a joke. Personally, uh, I just like playing Phoenix because I'm comfortable with the deck and it's a lot of fun. Aria Flame is a pretty sick card, and when it goes off, the look on your opponent's face is well worth whatever mistakes I'm making other places in Magic or in life. So I'm just personally uh, vindicated by Aria Flame. Um, that's probably what I'm going to be playing at the PTQ in Toronto a couple weeks from now. I pre-reg for that, and I'll probably come second. So. <laughs> Do you think that deck is a would be a good choice for people heading to the MC this, this week? Yeah, um, I think Jund, Phoenix, Blue White are all good choices. I haven't really been paying too much the medic attention to the meta game. I know that uh, Peter Sokarik, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He beat me in the last round to go seven one at the mocks last weekend. Um, Steck was good. Fournier won the blue-white thing this weekend. I've seen Jund with Renin six. That card's insane. Um, popping up also. Uh, as long as, like, now that Hogak's gone, the format actually seems kind of cool in relative modern sense. So, But I, I would pick, like, those three decks, personally. Yeah, when you're talking about, like, being comfortable and talking about Morgan, I could see, like, Shaheen's like comfortably siding in Geist of Singtrath in any matchup, and people are like, that that game, they're like, ah, I, I, <laughs> I don't think I should be wearing it. Um, Elliot, Andy says you have a good story. Uh, so this weekend I went down to Philly for the team open. I bought into what John was selling last week with Bring Light Scape Shift. I was, I was talking to Matt Stein as well. You know, he was he was hyping it up. He was nineteen and zero on Moto with it. Uh, so then, you know, I, I played some leagues on my own and I'm playing kind of like a 65% win rate around, around like five or six leagues. So I was you know pretty comfortable going in. And then round one of the open I'm paired against, is it Phoenix? And the, the game goes like, I have a turn two ramp spell. He has a turn three Aria flame. I cast my Teferi and bounce it. And he recasts Aria flame and casts a cantrip to kill my Teferi. So now I have... In my fourth turn main phase, five mana, 38 life against an Aria of Flame, five cards in hand with one counter on it. And in my hand, I have two Sakura Tribe Elders, a Bring Delight, and an Engineered Explosives. So I can either cast two Sakura Tribe Elders and kill my opponent the next turn, since 38's a million, or I can just take my whole turn off and EE away the Aria of Flame. And so I, I lean in one of my teammates who, like, has never seen my deck before, really. He like never played a match with it, and I go, "Do you do I say do I think do I ee or do I try to kill him?" And he says, "What do you think?" And I said, "I think I try to kill him." So then I, I lean over my other teammate and I say, "Do I ee or do I try to kill him?" He says, "I think you try to kill him." So I play my two Sakura Tribe Elders and I die from thirty eight in like five seconds as my opponent just chains off spells. So. That was like the first of like two or three punts on the day. Uh, my open was awful, and uh, there's a there's a chance that everything we said last week, or everything that was said last week about escape shift, bring light escape shift, it's no good. Well, wait, Elliot. So, are you a happy or 
or unhappy customer of what John was selling? I am not going to renew my subscription to the Cabal. <laughs> I have I have two months remaining on mine, so maybe uh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, Cabal on blast! Just, uh, just sell what's left of it for half price or something. <laughs> yeah. Two dollars and ninety nine cents. Uh, at me on Twitter if you want to buy my Cabal access card. Yeah, you, you also get into the Grishol brand one for free. And the, uh, the yeah, the Allosaurus Rider Cabal is uh, on discount right now. What about, about John Scapeshift? I'm looking for a John Scapeshift access card. Oh, that that was part of the group chat. We had Jun to light at one point. Oh man, Jun to light. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Death Sprout, the card from uh, World Spark. I've had enough. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. John, John, I'm going to let you defend yourself. Uh, well, ever since we released that cast and we, we talked about the hype surrounding uh, Bring to Light Skate Shift, I know Matt is, unless something changes, he's definitely bringing it to the MC. Uh, he flew, he probably flew with the deck. Um, and landed in Barcelona already. Uh, what about you? Where, where's your head at? Well, Matt's definitely going to be playing um, Snake Shift. Uh, we've been helping him. Uh, he's been iterating in the chat, and we've been helping him. Um, to be fair, Elliot, um, when you posted that uh, specific problem in the chat, everyone everyone said to kill the Arya. So I'm not going to comment on that like any any further. But the issue is that I, I think beat, I, I think. Like I don't think modern is like obscene right now. I think like every there's like five good decks that I can make a good argument for bringing um, to the PT, including uh, blue white. And um, I, I think it depends on like you can only metagame so much because like I I, I did a mock up of like the, my predicted metagame for the PT and like I think it's gonna be flat. I don't think it's gonna be like even like Tron was like fifteen percent uh, last um, last PT, but you can't really metagame. I think for uh for like every deck um you just need to have a coherent plan for like the top deck so like i think btl is fine but i don't think it can it can compete with hogarth very well and um i think the current version of turbo hogak which is pretty much a vengevine or a turn to hogak deck rather than like an alter like combo deck with bridge i think that's actually gonna be very good on one of the most representative deck and like even over dredge and if you i can't really beat beat that i might with BTL and I'm like projecting like actually like like 15 18% combined with the graveyard decks and uh, the BTL is not good uh, very good against either of them so um it's going to be a bit concerning for me so I think BTL is one of one of the many good tier 2 decks but I don't think it's exceptional if I were there I probably just play neoform and just punish people for playing graveyard or um other uh, uninter uh, other uninteractive linear decks uh, besides besides Canister, who's been popularizing uh, the Vengevine Hogak deck? I mean, I don't I don't think he was like one of the first, but there it, there was just like a lot of noise about the Wayfinder Turbo like Hogak deck. Like, I'm not sure who was um, popularizing it, but the concept really made sense. And like, I, I was looking around. I know a few of my friends were testing it before it even um, it even um, got popular. I know Marcus. I know Max Mick uh, have been working on it before, and um, I, I was also testing that version as well as a Hollow One version with like Granny Inquiry, Hollow One, and Street Wraith to go with the Vengevine and uh, Vengevine and uh, Hogarth. And I just like turn to eight A Trample is still very hard to beat. And if you can produce it uh, very consistently, it, it's still going to be a premier aggro deck. So 
I'm not sure who popularized it, but I think the consensus at the PT is going to come together and like decide that that deck is probably more preferable than Dredge right now because of the lack of burn and Rep Phoenix. So I think it, I expect it to be pretty well represented in one of the top five decks. Yeah, I do think him streaming it, like him being one of the MPL guys and, and being one of the bigger bigger names does help. Like it, it jumped to my radar because of him. Um, Shane, what, what do you think about that deck? I think you mentioned it a bit. Yeah, it's good. I, I think it's maybe one of the best, maybe I'd say top two decks in modern one or two. Um, the, the banning was insufficient, and I said that right after the banning happened. I knew it wasn't going to do a thing to it. It was going to just mutate into something else. Uh, I mean, it, it went from being a clear busted deck that had late game with bridge to just being a more explosive one to three deck, and <clears throat> I think that that's just, I mean, that's, that's modern and it's, it does what other modern busted decks want to do, but just better. And um, I still see people playing Dredge, which is confusing because it's just worse most of the time uh, against a lot of decks. But, uh, you know, obviously it's Barry's blue eye control, so it tilts me off. But, you know. what What's what's the top two decks? This one and what, in your opinion? Um. Uh, and that's that's the question mark because my team is obsessed with a certain deck and I don't, you know, my my opinion on the metagame is always poisoned due to my bias. And um, <laughs> it's like when I'm just, it's a deck that I just destroy, I'm pretty happy about it. But um, it's, uh, I, I know that the Graveyard deck will be one of the most represented decks and uh, the other will be some type of, some type of combo or big mana variant. So um I don't see control being above seven, eight percent again. Blue white side, maybe combine ten percent, and you'll have the same. I think if you look, maybe I haven't seen Jonathan's, but if you look at the breakdown of the last Pro Tour, I would predict it would be identical numbers with a few deck changes in the title. Um, like I, I agree, fifteen to sixteen percent graveyard based combo decks uh, or aggro decks rather, and then um, under that you'll have the usual. 11 12 13 percent combined tron i think big tron is on the super super decline where aldrazi is rising um so you'll have those numbers inverse but um the big decks again in mono is tough man it's tough to find there I, I can i can name a couple but it can the the one right under that will be one percent lower john john you're you're nodding you, you, i think you're in complete agreement yeah, I think there's like a few sleeper picks, but like as I said, um, I don't think anything's obscene right now. And I think I think blue white's probably like if I could play control well, blue white's probably going to be one of the most um, uh, it, it might it, one of the most powerful choices. I think blue white's going to be most uh, the most played deck actually. Um, that's that's in my uh, projection here. I, I just think it's like a style that people like professional players and people more experienced is likely to lean towards, along with BGX. And like blue white's gotten like such a, a, a such a nice addition, a stream of additions. Like it, I think like power level wise, it's probably one of the highest power level deck period as well. And open deck list is going to help us so much. So um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think blue white's going to be one of the more re most represented, and I think it's going to be one of the most um, well performing decks as well. Fingers crossed, Ashin. How's your uh, draft preparation going? Oh, I haven't draft. I haven't drafted at all. I'm gonna get destroyed. <laughs> 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 <Everyone>. <laughs> <Face palming. laughs> I drafted like 
I mean, when the set first came out, I drafted like four or five times, and I haven't drafted since. I don't care. I honestly like. I'm gonna be honest, and this is, sounds so like pretentious, but I just the I'm not excited about the MC. I'm not gonna lie. I was stoked about this team tournament, and I put time into it, and I I'm going through the motions with these last two MCs here and in Richmond, and I I got my sights set for a slightly more casual scene that's more fun and playing with my friends and um you know promoting promoting the team and stuff like that. So I'm still going to try, obviously. I mean, I it's modern. I've been putting a lot of time into it. But as far as the drafting goes, I didn't want to draft a set that had no tournament for me besides one. And I, I just did not play much. And I didn't enjoy the few times I drafted, really. Um, I really hope they bring back limited qualifiers, like real limited qualifiers, with like more often than they have. Um, if they do that, then I'm talking about live, not MTGO, by the way. Or uh, arena, maybe some if they figure out how to do live drafting on that. But if they do that, then I'll be back in limited because limited is amazing as a, as a as a format. But the the lack of support that Watsi gives limited is makes me not even want to touch it anymore. So there's there's your there's your prep. <laughs> Shaheen just looking for where the limited SCGs are at, and he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> None around. I mean, when there were draft opens, man, I was play testing on MTGO. I was sitting at the you click on the little table on MTGO. Y'all probably too young for that, you know. Get my get my draft on, but now it's like, what am I going to play? Practice to play one MC four months from now. I'm good. No thanks. Pass. All right, let's let's switch it up a little bit. Uh, John, you you had uh, in in our Facebook chat. You brought up an article, Hasbro reports revenue and operating profit growth for the second quarter of 2019. Pretty sweet that the game's doing well. It's doing well, and it's bringing in the, the big bucks. Um, here's hoping for some good stuff, Shaheen. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's so obvious. It's just such a, it's like, it reminds me of like, you know, a, a big corporation going under, and then all the CEOs are just like, stuff in their pockets as they do it. I mean, it's just, just robbery. I mean, they, we knew they're going to have big profits this time around. I mean, it was, it was clear and they said they even exceeded their expectations. Um, and we know this is going to be immediate returns for probable long-term damage. And I, I don't, like I said, I mean, we had a whole episode on it last week. So I'll, instead of 30 minutes, I'll give you 15 minutes, but <laughs> I, I, I just cannot believe like, it's, 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 I'm not even a mate, I'm not a marketing major of any sort, but it's just obvious, man. I mean, it's, we, we knew they're going to kill it and they did. And, um, they're going to make a good amount of money every quarter moving here on out until that, that, you know, the, the fruit of their labor is going to be, uh, felt there toward the end. Derek, um, do you do you have the same type of view of Shaheen, and has this like made it easier for you to take a step back? It's definitely made it easier. I just I just don't care as much about. Like I said, uh, I just don't have access to the SCG tour, so I, I don't really have a reason to play. Just playing intermittently on uh, on Moto. I actually like. Working at a store now, it really opened my eyes to how important things like Commander and the casual people are for the game. Um, 
how certain cards are just so expensive for absolutely no competitive reason whatsoever. And uh, I think as, as long as Magic is sort of um, spending money to project this, uh, I want to say casual side of things, which is, I guess it's not even like really casual, but comparatively to the last couple of years where you're trying to grind for pro status or whatever, you're just sort of like people are streaming and people are becoming more uh, brand ambassadors than uh, professional Magic players. Um, I think that's much better for the the local sort of like commander players compared to the PT GP grinders. So for, for me, I care much less about the competitive side of the game and a lot more about the, the monetary casual side of the game, I guess now. Um, I'm not quite an MTG finance person and please don't ever group me in those kind of people. But uh, <laughs> I, I also, I think that it's very obvious that Wizards will keep making a lot more money. We've all known that this is the best game ever for for a very long time now and now wizards is just putting money into it to let everybody know what we already knew yeah i only learned that after working that commander is a strong force and uh both whether it be customers or just just people it's always a solid base at at the real card shops just just holding it down um uh, Andy, did, did you have thoughts for, for Modern or, or anything else that we covered in the last half? Well, uh, during the last episode, I said that I was, like, considering skipping the Modern P2Q season. And now <laughs> I get to do it for free on the house. I'm not even allowed. So I, just, I followed through. I'm committed to not playing Modern this P2Q season. You can uh, put a stamp on that. But if I was going to play anything, I would just play Is It Phoenix? Everything everyone has said about Modern is exactly how I feel. Like, sure, there's like a group of good decks, and it doesn't really matter which one you choose as long as you understand your deck. And I don't know, play a deck that you have fun with because when you're having fun, you're more engaged. And when you're more engaged, you want to win more. And it just leads to results being better naturally. Like John wins with Neoform. Can't, can't explain that. Having a lot of fun, I bet. You know? <laughs> I think that's a, a really important thing in modern is just to play whatever you're you're having fun with, whatever you want to play, as long as it's like a good deck, even if it's not a good deck, you know. John, John, did Ari Lax say you that you you shouldn't play Neoform if you had some like level yeah, that, of human that was, that was like a personal call out. So Ari Ari Lax had a Star City uh, <laughs> Premium article that had like you know why should you play this deck and why shouldn't you, you know. And the first like 14 were like all decent decks, and then there's like number 15, Neoform, and it's like why you shouldn't play this deck, or, or why you should play this deck. You have you have a sense of basic human decency. You think your decisions matter, and some like other other stuff of that ilk. It's like, and I'm just like, wow, that's like a personal call out to me. Oh, he also said that uh, you, you don't like going to Vegas, or you don't like rolling your dice, or uh, pressing buttons on in the slot machine, or whatever. It's like, wow, how did he know? I go to Vegas every year. I just press random buttons and. Wow, how did he know about me not being a decent human being? Just like I felt like I was being called to like very, very personally. So um, even if I wasn't going to play Neoform, like after seeing that, if I was in Barcelona, I would just like play um, Neoform out of spite. <laughs> oh I, man! I like how John probably gets to the article and he's like as fast as he can humanly type Control F Neo brand, and he finds it. and He's like, oh, I can't wait to see what Ari Lax says about my favorite deck. And he goes, well, 
He knows I'm a shitlord, and that's okay. <laughs> Elliot, what's up next for you? Uh, I don't actually know. I'm kind of waffling. I, ever since Andy uh, messaged, well, I, rather, I woke up to his message that he won the MCQ. Uh, I, I don't want to say the fire's back because, I mean, I'm planning to go to a Grand Prix, which is kind of spewing value. But I, I'm really more invested in Magic than I have been in the past like six weeks, and. You know, I was kind of on the fence to even play modern MCQs in the first place. I was telling someone like, you know, I'd rather just like go golfing, spend the spend a Saturday outside, outside kind of thing. But I think nothing would be more fun than going to play the MCQ or the MC in Richmond with Andy. So, uh, gonna probably play as many MCs MCQs as I can, and and I might go to Vegas as well, which is a spew, but it's Vegas. You know, you know, the Vegas limited format is Modern Horizons 1. And even on Magic Online, Modern, Modern Horizons 1 support will have ended a week before the GP. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, don't worry. I, I have no interest in playing limited. If I don't day two the Modern, or regardless of what happens in the Modern GP, I'm, I'm doing Vegas things on Sunday. That's fair, but to, uh, to be fair and to be clear, Modern Horizons Limited is very, very fun. I like. I, I think it's a it's a pretty good consensus that it's like one 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 of the better um, and more challenging um, limited formats like out there. Shaheen, do you have a counterpoint? Um, no, I drafted the blue black ninjas deck and didn't lose, and I was like, all right, well, I'll just force this to the PT. This will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like there's one drops are obscene in that deck, so my, that's my limited expertise currently is that the one drops are really good. And uh, my my five leagues, I did my opponents. I was on like black red. I did like black white. I just just did a bunch of aggro decks. My opponents were doing like things with like you know the green mana decks that like you know uh, have the three drop that ramps them and doing like you know casting the big green creatures. And I was just torching those. So I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I got five drafts under my belt. Like two three O's, an O three, I think, and then you know a couple two ones. I'm good to go. Fantastic format. I, I, I love like Derek's reaction as if you're, you're dropping the ball on this. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> Derek, anything, anything you want to plug? You know, you know, I don't care. Uh, Chimera Gaming, anything coming up that you, that you want to mention at all? No, you can you can catch me on Twitter at misplaced ginger or at ta. FKA misplaced. For those who don't understand what that is, it's a Prince reference. When Prince like stopped being Prince, he called himself the artist formerly known as Prince. And so nobody gets it. I've had like I get it. I get it. Okay. Well, Shaheen, you're also like significantly older than I'm. Very old. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was funny. It's now funny that nobody else gets it, and I have to explain it. So. Yeah, Derek, you shouldn't be shaking your head. You saw me at the house. How many times did I draft with you guys when I was there? I I, I think I think you joined our our person drafts, like from the six packs we offered free, and then you just watched us draft and talked with Gabe about how much you love blue white. That's that's exactly <laughs> what happened. That was exact forty eight hours I was there. I, I drafted. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think between you, Pete, and Gabe, you all said each other were insane for playing five different blue white cards. Yeah. Probably about 40 different times. And then none of you agreed and all played what you were going to play anyways. That's what happened, yeah. I played <laughs> I played censored at that Pro Tour. It was really, really bad. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah that, was, uh, that was a fun time. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> you had fun. Come on. Oh, I, I, had, I had so much fun. That, that <laughs> house was great. 
I, the face-to-face guys are sick. Like, I talked to Morgan today. Other than, like, I grilled him a bit about his deck choice because I think it's really bad, but. Oh, his deck choice is horrible. The whole team. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I asked him. I was like, what are your good matchups? He's like, oh, this, this, this. I'm like, okay, do you want to proxy them up and play right now? Because I, I got nothing to lose. <laughs> They're delusional. They think that beats like they're like, oh, beats blue white too. I'm like, come on, guys. Blue white beats two decks. You're gonna name one of the decks that beats. Get out of here. This this deck is sixty percent against the format. So everybody at the PT is gonna be playing it. <laughs> well, no, no, probably. Oh, okay. Well, whatever, guys. Your audience will see tomorrow when everyone releases their deck. They're gonna see the the travesty that's face to face deck choice. Oh. Uh, okay. whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm not qualified for the the MC, so I don't know what I'm chirping about. You know, I got um, Andy's the only one that can close in this uh, in this cast. <laughs> uh, Shaheen, when are you flying out? I'll be flying out tomorrow afternoon. Getting there day before as always. Tired, old, rickety. Get crushed. Fly home. That's the plan. Sounds good. Okay, John, um, are you motivated for the for the modern MCQ season? Now that you, you feel the excitement of Barcelona, we've been talking about that. Um, are you ready to crush some modern MCQs? Uh, you know, I was ready to either meme or crush people in modern. Um, I am very excited to watch the uh, Pro Tour because while I don't think Modern Horizons, like Modern Horizons did exa- has done exactly what it was meant to do, like it didn't. Like it kind of created some new archetypes, but what it really do, what it really did do was like, like supplant and sup, uh, sorry, supplement a lot of known de- uh, known decks and old favorites. So I'm really excited to see like what kind of new texts and new cards from uh, not only Modern Horizons one, uh, and uh, War, but also War of the Spark as well. So I think it's going to be a pretty um, fresh take on Modern, and uh, I'm just excited to watch the uh, high level play there. All right. Well, I, I think that's it for this episode. It's really awesome to talk to each of you uh, tonight. Um, I mean, I, I think I think the listeners, the fans are going to like it when it gets uploaded tonight and available to listen for people on their way to work tomorrow morning. Um, good luck, Shaheen. Good luck. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we're, we're hoping to get you as like at least a monthly regular because uh, I, I definitely there's some chemistry here and, and it's always great to get your insight. And hopefully, you know, you don't retire from Pro Magic, or else we're going to run out of these insights. No, man, I'm going to have a SCG for life. I'm going to be an SCG tour regular. I'm going to join the likes of the great Dilks, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, but Edgar, and you know, all my all my favorite Canadians, and um, you know, we'll, we'll get Morgan involved, and you know, don't don't. Uh, don't sleep on us, man. After we're done here in uh, the pro scene, we're going to be all those face-to-face boys. We're going to be SCG grinding. Ely's going to be part of it. Um, Pete said he's down. So once all of us gold washed up, people are fired. We're going to go right to SCG and crack some skulls, man. We'll be around. Sweet, sweet. Um, yeah, that, that'll do it for this episode. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Like, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Uh, support the show to patreon.com slash first strike. Hopefully I can convince Andy to produce uh, a scape shift for standard guide, of course, uh, this week. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Good night, everyone. <laughs>